Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yes, welcome along. It's another episode of Writer's Routine. This is the show where an author takes us through their daily diary and we find out how an idea got from their mind and then they planned it and plotted it and published it. Uh, This week, we're chatting to Gabriel Talent. His book, My Absolute Darling, it's done incredibly well, been so brilliantly received. It was a Times Book of the Year, a Guardian Book of the Year, a Metro Book of the Year, a Sunday Times bestseller. And I simply can't move for people on Instagram taking a photo of the cover saying you just need to read this. Now, Gabriel talks about why his debut was written from a place of sheer rage, why he wrote it spread out on his bedroom floor, working around a day job as well, and how he made sure that his protagonist, the emotionally and sexually abused Turtle Alveston, how he made sure that she was real and not at all caricatured. I'm to write what you think a survivor of abuse is like. You try and write instead a real human being who is in a real human predicament who feels and thinks about it the way you would feel and think about it. All that and more, it's on the way on this week's Writer's Routine. Hello. Yes, thanks for giving us a listen. Um, My name is Dan Simpson. Uh, Now, before we get started and before I forget, uh, if you enjoy this episode, if you learn something in the chat that helps the way that you work, do me a favour, please, uh, leave us a review on the iTunes podcast store. You know, fingers crossed we've got some pretty big guests on the way uh, in the next month or so detailing their writers' routines. And it would be amazing if everyone who needs their advice could find it. And you can let them know uh, just by getting on that iTunes podcast store and leaving us a review. You see, it really helps with the chart, which will boost us higher, which means more people can see us. Also, you can give us a follow on Twitter. It's Writer's Pod. We're on Instagram as well, Writer's Routine over there. Uh, And that's the best places for you to keep across what's going on on the show. So you know exactly when those brand new episodes featuring some big guests are ready for you to listen to. Speaking of big guests, we've got one on the show today. Gabriel Talent, he published his debut novel, My Absolute Darling, last year, and it's been just ridiculously successful. It tells the story of 14-year-old Turtle Alveston. She lives in the wilderness with her survivalist father, Martin, and he abuses her, both emotionally and sexually. And it's an exploration of her life and her search for freedom and whether she'll ever find it or not. Now, we talk about 
what forced him to write the book, how he worked a ridiculous number of hours across the week, spreading himself across proper shift work as well to earn money and get this down. And also why, when he first had the idea for the story, it very nearly made him quit and give up. He thought it was just too big for him. Now, it's quite an intense chat, this one, because Gabriel is quite an intense dude. In the best possible way, though, you see, he knows what he wants and he knows how he wants to write it. And he's writing for a reason because he feels he needs to do it. It's kind of in the same mould as my chat with Anthony Horowitz a few months ago now. If you've listened to that, you'll kind of know what I mean. You see, I've had a few people say to me since that's been out, look, did, did you and Anthony not get on? I mean, just between you and me, you kind of seem to clash a little bit. And it's the complete opposite. It's so far away from that. Uh, with Anthony, it was one of the best interviews that I've ever done for me personally, because uh, he's speaking from a place of sheer passion. And I think that how passion is communicated energetically and enthusiastically, it can sometimes come across a bit abrasively. And people might misinterpret that as conflict, I think, every now and then. Uh, and that's the same with Gabriel. But that intensity and that focus, it gives way to some really eye-opening and, and help-filled answers. If you listen closely, deep down in the answers, in some of the philosophical points that we make, there is some advice there that you don't hear too often that can really help with your writing. Now, a quick warning, the passion and intensity, it does spill into the odd F word every now and then. So if you've got some kids nearby, if they're floating about, be aware that the language does get a little bit fruity. Also, in a sec, we'll get a top writing tip from an author who wants you to pay more attention to what's happening around you every day. So that's on in a little bit. First, let's get right to it and find out today's writer's routine uh, with Gabriel Talent the author of the best-selling My Absolute Darling. I was a, a working person while, while writing My Absolute Darling. And uh, as a working person, it can, be, it can be discouraging because you hear the sort of immaculate routines of professional writers, and it, it, it feels so extraordinarily out of reach and structured. And, um, you know, as, as we lived in a little... Um, fourth floor apartment in downtown Salt Lake and um, we, we just we looked at probably 200 apartments and just picked pretty much the cheapest right um, and uh, is, is, is a beautiful apartment in many ways but in the summer it would be like 104 degrees and I didn't have a desk so I just lay on the I just worked on the floor with my laptop you know, you, you you work in between shifts, you work whenever you can um, What were you working as at the time? I was a I was a server. First I was a first I was um wait staff at the Alta Launch, like a, a ski launch uh, in Little Cottonwood Canyon and then I was absurdly fortunate to um, become a busser. I was working as a busser at uh, at the Copper Onion, which is a, a, a restaurant in downtown Salt Lake. Um, and I, I that job was 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 really good to me, and I I mostly succeeded in working you know twenty thirty hours a week, um, which gave me some freedom to write. The show's called Writer's Routine. If you're working jobs, 
and then sitting down on your floor to get this done. Talk to me about yeah, but a t- that's kind of what I'm saying is that you don't you don't always have. Not everyone has the uh, the luxury of a routine. I think a lot of times we talk about writers' routines because what most people need, what many people need, is structure. They need to structure their writing time because because it's hard to motivate. But if you don't have the luxury of a routine, right? Like in 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 a lot of food service people, a lot of a lot of a lot of shift work people. Um, people, people with stories to tell, their schedule changes all the time, right? Um, and 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 that that was the that was the that was the case with my schedule. It always changed, and so so there there is no routine. And what it means is it means you have to write when you have the opportunity. I set a goal for myself. I was trying to write thirty hours a week. Um, and you just, you do that whenever you can. And I think one of the most important parts of that is you can't be too fucking particular about when you work, right? You work tired, you work run down, you work, um, you know, exhausted, you work tipsy, you work when, when, when you, when you prize, when you prize writing to such an extent that you say you will only write sort of in the best and the most immaculate condition. If you, if you, if you're a working person what that means that's, that's just a death sentence because you, you don't have that luxury. You don't, you don't necessarily have the opportunity to write always when you're at the, at your freshest. So you write instead when you can. And, and part of what I did was was try to attack the sort of the sacred idea of the writer's routine and to change it instead into something that I did because I loved. Did you need a constant around you? So if you're writing, as you said, when you're a bit tipsy when you or when you've just come in from the longest shift ever, did you need something to always be there to help you tell this story? Yeah, that's a good question. When you talk about like writer's rituals or something, and, and for the most part, I regard writer's rituals as sort of a crutch. Like I think they're, I think they're, they're great if you have if you have a lot of resources and and your primary struggle is encouraging yourself to write but but if finding time to to write is 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 your biggest is is your issue then then rituals um become excuses not to write that said i did i did have one which is that is that i um would only let myself drink caffeine when i was when i was writing so I would drink coffee or or like in the summer because it was 104 degrees in the in the apartment. I'd drink um, like Red Bull or something like that, you know, because he's tired. Um, and uh, and that was nice. Or 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 green tea. The project um, unfolded over such a such a work of years and 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 changed so much in the writing and in, in, in the elaboration there's there's no sort of single moment because for the longest time turtle who is the protagonist of the book right turtle alveston is the protagonist of my absolute darling was the peripheral character in a novel i was writing i can tell you the first time i you, turtle's character really appeared to me very clearly i um i was in i was in scotland i was um on the sort of on the um i just hiked the west highland trail and i've been uh, um walking for a long time and I just had a I hiked it with just a wool blanket so it was kind of miserable conditions but a couple took me in um and I was staying on Loch Shiel and I was out sort of in the hills above the loch writing and I wrote I wrote my first scene with turtle that was that was the sort of the 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 first time that I ever used that character with that name so tell me about what it originally was then if you said that turtle was this peripheral character in stuff that you were writing before why did you come to the four 
yeah, why, why did she become more than this peripheral character in an original story? I felt that Turtle had the most at stake in the book. And so, so it was wrong that the book was about other characters. Like the the, the book was was dominated by by male characters and was this sort of brainy novel about environmental destruction. And that seemed to me unjust because Turtle had the most the most at stake was the most imperiled. Her her plight meant the most. So then, what did you do? So you've decided that I'm going to make Turtle the star of the show. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna strip it all back. I'm gonna make tell her story now. Yeah. Then what did you do? How did you develop that? How are you planning? How are you plotting? I decided to quit writing. I thought that it was gonna take f- about five years of work. Um, I was a, I was about right um, in that. I thought it was gonna be huge labor to to tell that story in the way that I wanted to tell it, and I was daunted. I I thought that um, I thought that I should quit writing and seek a career because it set aside a little time after school what I really wanted to do is I wanted to be a um, I wanted to get a PhD in 18th century cultural history sort of my passion yeah so um, after school I set aside like a year to to write and 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 that of course got out of hand (laughs) but um, when I realized how much longer I had with the book to make it into the book that I wanted it to be when I realized that Turtle had to be the protagonist when I realized sort of how serious the stakes were going to be when I realized how much work it was going to require to tell the story and the way I wanted to tell it I um I I thought that I couldn't risk it that I that I would be better off um going into a graduate program and getting getting a degree and having stability in my life what drew you back into her then? Well, I I called my mom and I I, I, I called Elizabeth and I, I told her the story and um, I said, look, you know, um, it's climbing really seriously at the time, so I, I put it I I we talked at length, but one one way that I put it is I'm sort of like I feel like I'm high up above gear here and there's 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 sort of no end in sight and I I I, I think I better retreat off this thing. I think that I, I better like go into a career because because I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And uh, she said that I should take the risk that I was that it was that I was young and I should take big risks for what I believe in, and that if I didn't take the risk, I would always regret it. All I could do is is work hard. I don't know that I'm re- working in the right way. I don't know that I'm telling the story in the right way. Um, there's no there's no sort of have no instruction manual. That's not true. There are, there are great there are great manuals about writing. Um, um, Stephen Coach, The Modern Library Writer's Workshop, is a fantastic book about writing. So th- there's sort of our manuals, but I don't know that what I'm doing is right. I don't know that what I'm doing is on the right track. And so I decide early on that labor is, is all I have to spare, that I can just, I can just work like hell. So to like not be afraid to waste labor. So I'm like any good idea that I have, no matter how crazy, I will just work at it. I'm like, I'm like, you know, if this seems like it might work, I'll put 200 hours into it, 300 hours into it, see if it can be made into a scene. You know, uh, uh, write this scene and rewrite this scene and rewrite this scene endlessly. See if it can be made into something. And if it can't be made into something, then, then all you've had is writing practice. 
I have some idea that it is it is a is a young woman's fight for her own soul. Right? That that this is a book about about sort of the terrible and insidious toll that 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 abuse takes and 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 the the logic of it right the logic is that abuse is 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 dehumanizing and so survivors of abuse have to you search for and sort of claim their own agency and, and humanity look i shouldn't be generalizing right um because people go through all kinds of different experiences and have all kinds of different struggles but in the case of this particular young woman this is a particular young woman who is being dehumanized and is searching for a vision of herself as her own young woman and not as as as, as her father's right her survivalist father and he's this um uh, toweringly charismatic, autodidact, um, and a, a, a person who is to his daughter and immensely impressive and controlling and sexually and emotionally abusive, and and he's he's killing his daughter. He's killing her because he's he sort of can't help himself. He's a deeply wounded person who is by turns um, very passionate and eloquent and inspiring and loving and by turns his worst self wounded selfish um devouring of her and and it's about the the struggle of of living with that of love of 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 living in the company of someone who sees you as not as your own person but as an extension of themselves as as chattel to which they are entitled and so it's turtles fight for to be her own person and that requires her to turn against the person who means the most to her in the world and who is to her a person of such persuasive eloquence that it is also impossible to imagine that she could be right and he could be wrong about something, right? So it's a, it's a story about um, it requires her to trust herself and believe in herself um, and sort of escalating acts of physical and emotional courage. That's the story I wanted to tell and um, I just had to put that on the paper scene by scene and um, you just, you work at it. Now this may sound like a, a ridiculous question, but you just said after you gave me this incredibly eloquent uh, floral description of what your story is, you said, this is the story that I wanted to tell. So how did you expand it enough in your head for it to become what you've just described it as? You, you, you have to remember that I have a whole other book that I put in a drawer, right? So um, you, I, I, I had Turtle as a, as, a, as a peripheral character in that novel. And when I, when I realized that I wanted to write Turtle's novel, I had her as a character. And so, and so I just started there. And I, I, um, when, when you have Turtle as a character, you pretty much know her plight when you're putting her front and center how do you make her a a completely believable relatable three-dimensional character because taking someone from the edge and sticking them right in the center this story is now about you Mm -hmm. changes the focus of what you're doing yeah how did you make it clear for me how you do that is you pay careful attention to 
Turtle as as herself as a young woman. You try not to write a survivor. You try not to write what you think a survivor of abuse is like. You try and write instead a real human being who is in a real human predicament, who feels and thinks about it the way you would feel and think about it. Oftentimes when we think about other people, we do a sort of emotional rounding down. But but the the, the project of writing for me becomes becomes the the problem of of making other people alive and and as difficult as complicated as as thoughtful about about their own lives as as we are uh, 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 as embattled as we are and and you you write that you write towards that and you read the scenes that you've written and and you think is this a real person or am i cutting corners and when you know where you want to go you cut corners when there, when you know what you want to say you cut corners because that's not what writing is writing isn't writing isn't didacticism writing isn't writing fiction isn't 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 the simple transference of a it's not it's not the fictionalization of an essay, right? It's not, it's not, I have a simple idea and I'm putting it on the page. Rather, the page is the most complex, most nuanced, most difficult instantiation of the idea. So you ask at every moment on the page, is she as difficult and as alive, as thoughtful? Does she have the dignity and innocence that a real person has in this predicament? You know, I love that as a description of writing, that it's not simply moving an idea from your head down onto the paper. It's more the exploration of that idea on the page and you're almost just the conduit for these things that are happening around you you know all the characters and the themes and the emotions and the traumas uh, that come with your story they're almost not yours to govern they're the pages i hope that doesn't seem too deep and worthy stay with me we've got more golden insight from gabriel talent just like that in a sec and next we've got a top writing tip that may change the way that you work forever a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Right, time for this week's writing tip that may change the way that you work forever. This is when, after the interview proper is over, 
a still like another little bonus minute of our author's time to eke out one final piece of advice for them. Uh, it's a little tip that helped them get their story down and hopefully it will help out yours. Today we've got an observational comedic drama author on the show who wants you to pay more attention. Hi, my name's Keith Anthony. Uh, I've written Times and Places, which is available now. Um, I've been asked to give one writing tip for me. I think what really helped me with my book was just to have a little notebook and to go out into the world, uh, whatever I was doing, just to spot those really small things that happen, those those characters that you see, uh, just to make a little bit of note of them. Because what I found in my book was that when I came to write, I was able to look back on that. And out of those small seeds, you're able to create with your imagination, who might this person be? Why might they have been sitting in the road begging? What might have led to that? Um, and you can create a character from just really small almost unnoticeable things but it's those unnoticeable things which perhaps can be the most poignant so thanks so much then to keith anthony uh, you can check out the episode all about how he wrote his debut novel times and places uh, it's over on the website right now riotersroutine.com or you can grab it through your favorite podcast place Let's get back to our chat then with Gabriel Talent, who's the author of the best-selling My Absolute Darling. Now, earlier on, you heard all the accolades that the novel has got so far. You know, it's a Times, a Guardian, a Metro Book of the Year. Let me very quickly, before we get back into it, though, read you this from Stephen King. He says, There are books that we like well enough to recommend, but there are very few, maybe To Kill a Mockingbird, Catch-22, The Things They Carried, that we seem to remember forever. And Stephen says that to his own shortlist, he can now add My Absolute Darling. The word masterpiece, he says it's been cheapened by too many blurbs, but this novel by Gabriel Talent it is absolutely one of those. I ask him about what he thinks of that a bit later on in the chat and how he would like his work to be remembered and what the point of his story actually is. Why has he written it? Also, we unpack his characterization, how he made Turtle and her abusive father Martin believable and relatable, and whether, in some cases, that was even the right thing to do. And we pick things up talking about the story's roadmap. This is something that authors in the past on this show have mentioned to me, how they plot their story as if they were driving a car so you know where you need to go. But for Gabriel... At what point did his plot make itself visible on the road ahead of him? I find that when there's somewhere I'm trying to get, I pay less attention to the scene where I am. Like, you railroad the plot towards that, right? You're like, I'm moving towards this particular scene, and, 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 and you, 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 away you go. Um, for me, I try and ask in the moment what is she thinking what does she do next like right if you ha if you if you know where you want to get her then her actions at any moment are, are 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 sort of set and you can sort of just stage direct her through them but but i i found that that didn't work as a strategy for me for me i'll be writing a scene and the most important question of the book is what does turtle do next and it isn't always what you want her to do, right? Because you 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 you're trying to privilege her as 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 like a person, as difficult, as unpredictable, um, as a as a person. She's not a chess piece that you move through the board trying to get to different scenes. She 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 you have to render her her emotions. So you sort of follow where that goes. 
um, in, in as moment-to-moment way as as possible. Um, sometimes you have an idea of events, but most of those big events that I wanted, I dropped from the book because it's the most important thing is to is to closely examine and render turtle's experience not to not to check plot points what about the biggest plot point then what about your final plot point what about the end how long did this story take you to write well uh probably not very long um you know i i for the most part write in in long long pushes um probably three or four months maybe and at what stage in those three or four months did you figure out how it would end had a different ending in the first draft i had some sense of where it might go and i found it out when i i like found out for sure when i when i got there 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 are there are certain things that i that i that that i felt were morally true because like i didn't want turtle to be rescued i knew that 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 a lot of readers object to this that that turtle just would be rescued this is what we want to think is true about our world about us and it is just my experience that that hasn't been true and so i thought that i i can't write in a happier ending than 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 i think is than i think is real right um and i can't make it easier because abuse and misogyny is insidious and violence against women is is real and saturates every level of our culture and controlling male rage kills people kills women every day in my country and uh there's no there's no sidestepping that um but as 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 for the particular things of how things fall out i try and take it moment by moment in every draft i read through turtle and i think i think where am i getting her right and where am i relying upon stereotypes or imagined ideas or what i want to be true or what i think is true or or what would be cool if it were true or where am i foregrounding aesthetics over 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 thorny or more difficult to approach emotional ideas um and 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 you i did a lot of revising for that um and and as i did that the plot the plot changes you know um uh the book is about turtle's emotional is a book is about her emotional struggle so the more granular in particular you can get about that um the more that dictates the plot because there's no a lot of books are about um the scarcity of technical or physical resources like well a character doesn't know how to do a thing right but but turtle is a is a character of immense resourcefulness um the problem in the book isn't isn't what she can do it's what she has the courage to do what she has the emotional clarity to do not determines everything like a lot of people are very interested in Martin. I, I do I do whole interviews that are that are all about Martin and 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 I don't find 
I don't find that compelling. I don't think he's an anti-hero. I don't think any of that stuff. Martin is a is a is a weak person, right? Um, and you need to get it on the page, but you need to show why she loves him. You need to show you need to show why it is she holds out hope. You need you need to make that emotion come alive for the reader. Otherwise, you haven't succeeded in your project. Otherwise, you've suggested that the plight of people who love the 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 the, the, the person who hurts them is one of foolishness, is, is fundamentally not understandable, right? Um, or, or that these folk, these people are, are different from the rest of us. No, you say you 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 try your hardest to 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 make the reader feel ambivalent about that because then you've made Turtle a person like them. You say you know exactly how you want your reader to feel about a particular character. How are you making that clear with the craft of your storytelling? Talk to me about the language. How much do you concern yourself with what word is coming after the next? Sometimes a lot and sometimes not very much. You know, um, I, I, I write following flights of inspiration. And then I, and then I revise and revise and revise. And, and um, I, I read through the draft that I've written and I, I, I go, does this feel like a real person? Is this an, a real emotion or, or, or is, this, is this something else? Am I trying to be, am I trying to be cool? And, 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 and then you throw out everything and you keep in your, in your heart the, the real emotion that was, that was the part of the scene that was good. And you rewrite it trying to put that emotion in every line and you pursue it and explore it and like kind of dialectically throughout throughout the scene right trying to trying to trying to evoke in in the reader the emotional insight that is the heart of that moment what's the purpose of the book What's the point of your story? Is it simply to tell Turtle's tale? Is, is there a grander vision with the whole thing? I mean, you get into a, a tough philosophical problem because, because things don't have innate purposes, right? Like, why do I do it? I do it so that some young person pulls this book off of a dusty bookshelf and the book matters to them. The book speaks solace and dignity to them in a way that they hadn't seen it before. That's 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 success for me. Um, and if if I never know, that's 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 success. But it, 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 if it if it happens, if it if the book means and something and speaks solace and comfort and dignity to someone, if someone sees turtle's dignity and in the light of that sees their own you know we can see something about fictional characters that we cannot see about ourselves it can be tremendously difficult like the logic of abuse is so dehumanizing that it can be tremendously difficult to see our our, our innocence and to 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 see dignity to to really feel that but when when you do it when you do it in a book 
the situation is 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 contained enough that that throughout everything that turtle does wrong right because we 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 hold survivors to account for so much that they that they that they do wrong um and that that is so much of what we want what we want to know um but but turtle does everything wrong and that that's not what people say about turtle what people say about turtle is she's so strong but you know turtle colludes in the abuse of another child turtle turtle is lost turtle turtle feels at fault turtle uh you know stays with the person who hurts her she does sort of she she makes these critical mistakes and yet i think that most readers what leaps out to them about her is her innocence throughout the all the moral darkness of her circumstances they see her innocence and that's the project and if they can see that about a character perhaps that casts their own innocence in a different light sometimes we feel culpable for what we have done wrong but but don't 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 see it as we would see it in another person right so you, you try and put insights like that like you try and see something true about abuse and you try and put that true thing in a book in fictional circumstances in fictional people in made up things so that it's clear there in a way in a way that that, that it's sometimes not elsewhere and you hope that a reader sees that about that character and sees that in their life that's that's what you hope for some of the most important people to me in my life and and some of the writers that i that i value the most write books that you have not heard of so when i think about what it what it means to write and to be successful i think is shaped by that great books go unknown unlauded and sometimes they don't stand the test of time you do your best you tell the best story that you can and the rest of it is not under your control and it is not why we do this it is not you know i wrote from tremendous rage um not everyone i grew up with is still alive right people like we are out here in the world playing for keeps not everyone seems to act like it but we are um and i have i'm i'm still i'm still alive and i i have the luxury to write to an issue that i care deeply passionately about right an issue that 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 keeps me up at night and it feels like something i can do i can tell a story about this thing that that matters to me that's 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 a luxury and a way to fight and a way to stand by my principles and a way to argue for my way of seeing the world misogyny is rotting us from the inside out and it is everywhere and we, we we think of violence against women as the work of lone wolves and sick people but violence against women like the most profound femicide and 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 rape and the most horrendous crimes which affect some of the people closest to us um th these are this is not the work of sick people this is this is this is an extension of the logic that that is found everywhere in our culture and to be able to 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 
to speak out in whatever small, minuscule, unmeaningful way against that is, I don't know what to say about it exactly. It's not, it's not a pleasure, but it, 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 it is, it is a, I have the luxury of doing it, right? Um, and it's good to do something that you feel is meaningful. Um, so I do it because I have to and because, and because I want to and because if it matters, like I said, to that one kid who pulls that one book down, then, then that's enough for me. I was that kid. I was that kid pulling books down off bookshelves, and they meant the world to me. And you think those authors will ever know? No, those authors will never know. But those authors wrote with passion and heart, and um, those books changed how I saw the world. And that's that's magic. When your first book's been compared to To Kill a Mockingbird, what do you do next? You just keep writing as best you can. I mean, just think about who's doing that. That guy writes so much fucking words. He's, he, 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 he. That is a person who labors, right? Who, who, who labors long and seriously um, and, and who, who values those labors. Look, I, I, I don't know any other metric but to, to write the best books I can. And the rest of it is 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 out of your is out of your control. You can't you can't start worrying about that stuff. You follow you follow your passions. You follow what seems to you to be right. Um, you you write ethically. Um, there's nothing else for it. Finishing there with Gabriel talking about Stephen King and being amazed at just how much he writes. Huge thanks to Gabriel then for sparing an hour of his incredibly busy time at the moment. This book is a ridiculous bestseller. So for us to get an hour in the same room together, I really appreciate it. His book, My Absolute Darling, it is out right now. It's massive. It's been critically acclaimed all over the place. And it just feels like one of those books that you think might live on forever. You can find out loads more about it right now over at writersroutine.com. And thanks to you for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, hopefully, with more tips from some of the best authors around. Now, to keep across when new episodes will be out, the easiest way is to give us a follow over on Twitter and on Instagram and to check back to the website, writersroutine.com, because we'll have some updates over there as well. Uh, And as always, in the next few weeks, if you do find a spare minute, a review on the iTunes podcast store is always helpful it can let other authors know that we exist and I'll see you again next time thanks so much bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 